You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. All right. Well, tomorrow it is. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we chatted. A lot has uh, has gone on since then. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm holding up all right. For those of you who are listening on audio and not watching the video, you are wearing a Bulls hat, and uh, we were just talking about the Bulls and the Last Dance and how much we enjoyed watching that. And uh, and apparently that's uh, that that's quite the shared movie amongst you and your family. Yeah. I mean, my mom, like, she started to, like, catch on more and just, like, just, like, because my dad always has it on. So it's, like, it's, like, now she got to tune in a little bit. Just, and she really doing it just so she knows what me, my dad, and, and Trey, my brother, like, are talking about all the time because it's nonstop. Like, we'll be on the phone. Like, we'll all just be dying laughing and she don't know what we're talking about. Now, is there, do you take exception or did your dad take exception with anything in the movie or did he think it was a pretty accurate representation of, you know, the impact Michael had and, and especially the impact of his teammates? Because I know I think Scotty, you know, took a few, a few issues with it and maybe not being given the credit that he thought he deserved. Yeah. Well, I, I think it did his job mainly like for Michael Jordan, just because like I wasn't able to like actually watch him. So like all I've seen is like stats and highlights with just like knowing like kind of his story and stuff that happened, you know, away from hoop and just understanding who he was as a person more. But then more yeah. so just like really getting the perspective of other people how good of a basketball player he was. That that was just like that was it did his job. Like it, it accomplished that the last dance did. And I mean with Scotty, I mean, he probably could have got shown more love. I mean, but you saw like the relationship that they had with Jerry Krause and how that went left real quick. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's I don't know if that was the reason or not, but I liked it. My we we, we enjoyed it. it. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was it was so great reliving those times. Those teams were amazing to be able to watch in real time. What a, I mean, it seems like it would be so strange, you know, having your every move kind of documented like that with a camera. I'm sure by that point, Michael was just used to it. So it wasn't that big of a deal. And I mean, you guys get that to a very, very small extent with, you know, the video team at IU filming practices so they can, you know, use them for social media videos and stuff. Is that odd at all? You know, when you guys are out practicing and there's just video cameras there, you know, taping you and capturing stuff, or is that just kind of normal for you at this point? I would say it's normal. And like before, like I every day, like start playing basketball and like cameras were there because like it was a long point in my life. Like my like me playing basketball, like it ain't no cameras on the baseline. We all just here watching the game. Like the only people who seeing this is people that's here. So it's like, but and so I would always think to myself, like, what, am I gonna like be worrying about the cameras being there? You know, when when there's cameras in my games, but. I don't even I don't even think about it because it's like we're here to play basketball anyway. Like they they just another person watching, really. Yeah. But well, it, speaking of people watching, you got to experience a true assembly hall crowd uh last Thursday night for the Purdue game. Uh, which was, you know, there's kind of your normal assembly hall crowds, and then there's kind of like the next level for a big game. 
And then there's like the transcendent ones that people are like telling their kids about. Like you probably, you sure you've heard people talk about, you know, the IU Kentucky game and the watch shot. And there's other ones, you know, you might hear the Marco Killingsworth game. And like, there's these certain games where the crowd was just on another level. And I obviously wasn't there, but all the accounts that I heard is that the Purdue game crowd was on that level. Fans, you know, waiting hours before just crazy inside from your perspective, getting to experience that for the first time. What was that scene like? It was, I mean, it definitely lived up to what we thought it was going to be. It, it exceeded my expectations because, like, leading up to it, I'm like, okay, I know the game going to be sold out. Like, I know, because, like, I mean, we playing our rival, but it's like, it, it was differently actually seeing. Like, I wake up, they send the videos in the group chat, yo, they've they been out here since 8 a.m. Like, <laughs> 8 in the morning, we don't play to. Like, what? No, it was 7, so it's like, I mean, and, and then just, like, actually being in it and seeing like every every seat fit, uh, full. I mean, it was like the energy was unmatched. Like, I mean, you could see that our play reflected that, but that 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 was an out of body experience. Especially like that being my first time, like being on the court. Like when the fans rushed the court, I was like, "Yo, <laughs> this is like this is like stuff I watch, but like that I've always watched." So it was just. It was a crazy experience, like leading up to it, like the whole day, everybody telling me like, like people that have been here for a long time, like mainly like the doctors and all that, like you about to see a real assembly hall atmosphere. They asked yeah. me about the next day. I said, yeah, you was right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I couldn't Wait, hear that in warm ups. Really? Couldn't hear nothing in warm ups. KL talking to me. He just his mouth just moving. <laughs> So, yeah. So uh, what is the the impact like when you're actually playing on the court? You know, because you got in, had some good minutes, made some plays like once the game starts, does it kind of fade into the background when it's a crowd like that? Or are you aware of it? And is it like giving you energy and 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 like you're feeding off of it? Like what? What? How does it impact you when you're actually playing? I would say we aware of it, but that's not where our focus is. Like now it's like okay, we're trying to execute and, you know, make plays to help us win this game. So it's like, but we know we got the crowd with us and we like, we know the energy they bring it. So it's like, you know, we know certain plays and, you know, just getting stops and, and going on runs, you know, that, that'll get them into it more and, you know, get, give us a little bit more energy. I mean, just to play hard. But so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not like, so yeah, yes, we're aware of it. I, like I'm aware of it, but it's like we we still we got something to do. Like okay, they here, we've seen that at warm us, but it's like we still gotta we we got business to take care of. Yeah. Now, were you how aware were you of kind of the context of the game entering it? You know, because I mean, IU Purdue crowds are always big, but obviously a big part of the reason why this one was so big is. We've lost nine in a row to them. This was Coach Woodson's, you know, kind of first game back against Purdue. And there were massive expectations on the part of fans that, hey, let's end this streak and, you know, kind of start something new. Were you guys aware of that? Did you talk about that at all? You know, like losing nine in a row and like all that stuff? Or was that not something that was really mentioned? Like, of course, like we know about it. Like the players, some like some of the players here, like we're going through it. So it's like. Of course we knew, but like our focus was just like, you know, we still gotta play this game. Like it's not like like we still gotta go out there and play. So yeah. you know, our focus was just towards, you know, 
executing the game plan and, you know, going out there and just playing to win, you know. And so, like, we, of course, like, you know, we know about the streak and all that, but we're more so focused on, you know, the the numbers on the scoreboard at the end of the game. Yeah. Well, and they were good. What what was that moment like when you're on the court and the fans all start rushing in? I mean, I'm sure it's exciting, but is it like nerve wracking at all? Is it scary at all when all those fans are coming on the court? Yeah, it did get a little nerve wracking because like I was like moving. I'm thinking I'm about to roll my ankle. Like, hey, <laughs> push me here. But I'm like, I got my ankles taped. But still, though, like, I mean, it, and the only other thing I was like um, concerned about, I'm like, hold on. So I don't think somebody people got some mask. They don't got their mask on. Yeah. Oh, nobody came in here sick. Mm-hmm. But other than that, th- but that was like an afterthought. When I was in, I blacked out. Like I was just like, <laughs> like it, it was like I said, like that's something I've only seen and like thought of. So it coming to so so that like coming to life for me. I mean, that was that was a great experience, and, and not just for me, but for the whole team, just because like. You said like we we were aware of the streak, but more than that, you know, we we just knew we had a, a opportunity to go do something, you know, like really good for our team. So yeah. that, that that was the focus, and you know, so that, that that was a great experience with the entire team, like for the whole guys, for all the guys. You know, in one of our earlier conversations, you talked about you know, your relationship with Rob, you know, and kind of how much of a mentor he's been, you know, for you is, you know, when you got on campus and just, you know, kind of, you know, working out together and what you've learned from him. And I'm curious, you know, kind of what it's like, you know, seeing the impact Coach Woodson has had on him and the game that, you know, Rob has against Purdue, you know, and Coach Woodson has, you know, his, his great quote that week that's, you know, basically to the extent of, look, you know, I know you've had your struggles before. I don't care about that. You're playing for Coach Woodson now, and Coach Woodson loves you. You know, I've got your back. You know, everybody saw the the video from, you know, from after the game. What is it like playing for a coach that says things like that and, you know, backs it up with spending time having one-on-one conversations and continuing to give a guy playing time even if he's struggling? What is that like? Um, it, it, I would say, first of all, it's reassuring. You know, just to know that he he does see you, like he he loves you, like he knows he he notices what you're doing. But beyond that, it's like when you're in the heat of a battle, and like you're in the heat of a moment, and he's and he's on you, whether it's in practice or a game. Like because we understand more who he is as a person, it's like you know we we you know we 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 totally get what's going on. Like it's all coming from a good place, so. I would say, you know, just knowing, you know, who he is and him not being afraid to tell us, you know, exactly how he feels, you know, that um, so it's a good thing for the team, for all the players. And like I said, like, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment, like in, in the middle of a battle, like, so like the last minute of the Purdue game, like, it's just like whatever he's talking about, we all locked in and focused and like, we, you know, we know everything – that he's saying to us, it's coming from a good place, like I said. Yeah, because you have that relationship with him and you see it with the other guys. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or marketer, you know how much your messaging matters. Bob Knight said, all of us learn to write in the second grade. Most of us go on to do greater things. And coaches write about some writing, but not copywriting. 
the kind of writing that grows your business through memorable messaging and marketing. Any business can dominate the competition and win big with a world-class copywriter crafting time-saving and money-making emails, landing pages, ads, and more for you. Clay Manley from Speakeasy Sales Copy is one of the world's best, and he lends his talents to small businesses. Clay is an IU alum and an award-winning writer whose words have been trusted by Marvel, Slim Jim, Petco, and many other household names. After getting sick of helping the rich get richer, he left corporate copywriting to focus on helping small businesses grow. If your business could benefit from stronger messaging, then contact Clay at clay at speakeasysalescopy.com. And as a listener of the show, you can sample his proven playbook of million-dollar messaging secrets for free. Just go to speakeasysalescopy.com slash scoop for more. That's speakeasysalescopy.com slash scoop. This could be your banner year, and your copy is the X Factor. Contact Clay at Speakeasy Sales Copy today. So I want to go back um, to actually even the game before the Purdue game, which, you know, seems like it was months ago, but it was you know, just like a week and a half ago. Uh, but that, uh, that January 17th game on Martin Luther King Day against Nebraska, you know, you guys go up there, get your first road victory of the season, which was obviously important. Um, but playing on Martin Luther King Day, what did that mean to to you and to the rest of the guys? I mean, coach, like that, that was the first thing that he like spoke about when we got to Nebraska that morning for shoot around. Like, you know, just Martin Luther King and his impact on the world and, you know, just him being so grateful for him just because he's like, if it wasn't for him, I might not be standing here talking to you guys. So. I mean, j- just how important he was to not just black people, but all people. So, I mean, and, and that was a big time moment, you know, for my family, you know, just also considering the work that my dad does. So, you know, black history is something that's, you know, really important to my family. So, um, you know, that, that that was a great moment. And, you know, especially for us to get our first role win on that day. It was a big time. Yeah. Can you describe the work that your dad does in a little more detail? Yeah, he is a diversity and equity coordinator for uh, Shawnee Mission School District. So, you know, he he travels around like to other schools. But obviously they have like he like works at like the main office for the for the school district. So, I mean, he he, he goes around like to the schools and, and does, um, you know, different workshops and, you know, all, all types of different work. I mean, obviously he could like, when we get him on here, he could talk more about it. But. Yeah, that's one thing we haven't really gotten a chance to talk with him about yet. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to dive into it more. Yeah. What, you know, what kind of impact has that work had on you, do you think, in your perspective, just on on the world and the organizations that you're a part of? Well, I would say it's just giving me a better sense of, like, understanding and actually, like, you know, learning and having knowledge about the things that are going on right now and just the history of it all. And, I like some of the or the same things that are happening right now is what was going on, you know, way like way before my time, my dad's time, like like two hundred years ago type. So it's like just just learning about that and just realizing that you know it's something it's just in a different form now. I mean, it's just. I mean, I would say that's the impact for me, just because like I actually, you know, have somebody who knows exactly like what's going on right now in my household. So it's like, 
for me, it's just about like learning and, and knowing what's going on and, you know, yeah, how, how it's been an a issue for, for some time now. Well, you know, and I mean, and I'm sure you know this, but I mean, you're on an incredible campus when it comes to, you know, diversity initiatives. I mean, going back to, you know, the late Herman Wells, you know, who did so much, uh, you know, with uh, diversity, with helping to integrate the Big Ten uh, with Bill Garrett and so many other things that he did. Um, and there are so many different organizations, you know, on the Bloomington campus that, you know, that help work on those issues. And obviously, I mean, you're, you know, you're playing basketball, you've got school, I mean, there's so many different things kind of pulling at your time. Do you have time to like explore some of those organizations and opportunities and get involved in that kind of stuff? Or is it, I'm sure it's especially hard during the season, but is that something that you, that you kind of have time to get involved with? No, I, I, I personally haven't had time to, you know, see, see what those um, groups are talking about, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that probably would be a good idea just to, you know, go and see if I can, fit some time in there to, you know, peep my head in the door, you know, see what's going on. Yeah. Have you, do you know the story of Bill Garrett? No, I don't. Okay. We may need to do it. We may need to do one of our episodes about Bill Garrett. Cause I think you'd love the story. Um, and I know you're a reader. We talked about you being a reader. I may send you a book uh, about Bill Garrett. He's one of the great players in Indiana history. Um, and he was actually the player who broke the gentleman's agreement in the big 10, uh, to, you know, where basically there's a gentleman's agreement not to play black players and Bill Garrett, thanks to the courage of Herman Wells and Branch McCracken, his coach at the time, uh, was the first player to play and was phenomenal. You know, it was, a, I think he was a big 10 MVP. Uh, he, he was an incredible player. Um, so it's a, it's a great story. I mean, Indiana has been at the forefront of a lot of initiatives like that. Um, so it's a, that would be, that it's a story that you would really like and really appreciate, I think. Yeah. And your, yeah. And your dad would too. Um, that's great. I mean, I, you know, I thought it was, it was great, you know, that they were able to do that tribute, you know, obviously great that, uh, that you guys were able to get the win. Um, you know, over the last few weeks, you know, kind of since the last time that we talked, you know, your minutes haven't been what they were. Um, and for a guy that's as competitive as you are, you know, and you're a team first guy, but you want to be out there. What's it been like for you, you know, kind of staying mentally prepared, you know, for your opportunities when they come, even though they haven't come quite as often over the last few weeks? Well, for me, just my my love and obsession, you know, with the game will want me to, you know, or will me to stay ready. I mean, like you said, like, it's it's not just for me, you know, it's for the team. So, you know, if five, three get called on, you know, I'm going to go. You know, take the candy stripes off and go to war. So that I mean that that that's my mindset. And, and I mean, when when you like going through stuff like this, I obviously I want to like go go back and see like other guys who have like went through stuff like this, like at at whatever level. Because you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's the same thing, and it's really just you know adversity. So you know, like Damian Lillard was talking about it earlier this season, he was just like, you know, he he uses moments like these, you know, like like, like struggles like like this to to really show his true character. And I, I really like that. And, I, and it's a it's an interview. I got it saved on my phone, but I mean I you just, you know, seeing 
or listening to, you know, what his mindset is, you know, when when you are struggling, things not going your way. And beyond that, I'm just not not like not playing, not, not getting the minutes that you would, you know, want to. But, you know, that, that's that's not really my, you know, concern because, you know, I feel like, you know, if I stay ready and, you know, continue to do what I'm doing for the team that, you know, people don't see or do see, I mean, that that's not the case. You know, we're just trying to, you know, win games. So, yeah. You know, I, I figure out what I need to do, but in terms of the team, you know, we 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 all good. Like, you know, not not me just being a team first guy. Like that's that that's what our coach preaches, team. So, you know, that that's that's not that's not the folk the main focus for me. You know, just just always wanting to work anyway. You know, that that's just you know, that's just me. So well, and, you know, it's been noticeable. I mean, Anthony Leal is another guy who, you know, has gone from starting to not playing as much. And, you know, same thing with Christian. He was getting more minutes earlier in the season, not getting as many now. And I think what a lot of people have noticed is that you guys on the bench have brought the same kind of energy, you know, because it's it's been noticeable on past Indiana teams that, you know, the bench engagement and energy hasn't always been there, like conspicuously so. And for you guys, it's not that. I mean, you know, you're, they always like flash over you whenever someone makes a three pointer and you're kind of doing like your little dance, you know, and, and Anthony's like jumping up and, you know, is that, is that talked about like by, by the coaches, the role that the bench can play, you know, even if you're not playing and the energy, is that something that you guys uh, talk about or is that just kind of a natural manifestation of, you know, of your, of your natural attitudes? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has a, you know, a great attitude, you know, just across the board, but, you know, amongst the players, like, you know, we, we talk about it cause everybody's going to end up being on the bench at some point. So it's like, you know, we, whether we at home or on the road, we always got to support each other, you know, cause you know, it's, it's, it's just us, those, those 17 guys down there, including the coaches. So it's like, you know, no matter what, you know, we all, like we, we, we going to stay together. So, you know, we, we want to show, you know, that we're, we're a team during the games. And like I said, just our love for the game, you know, and, and just, you know, being happy to see your brother succeed, you know, that that that's where that comes from. Like it's 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 all love. Like that that's what we gonna that's what we're gonna show. And you know, just watching the games. I mean, you can't just there's no I mean I can't just just sit there and watch, you know, I'm gonna show some emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, you know, just seeing guys out there, you know, you know, playing well that I I see every that I'm with every day. I see the work they put in. I mean, so it's like I love to see it, you know, come to fruition, you know, in the games. Yeah. You know, now that you so you guys are 90 games, I think, you know, a couple months, you know, now that, you know, you've been at this for a little while, what's been the biggest transition for you, you know, going from high school to the college game? You know, what do you think has been the hardest thing to adapt to so far? I don't think it's been too difficult, honestly. I mean, I would say just the, the only real difference is like the games is like either like two days between. I would just like the games, you know, being so close in days. But other than that, like from the actual game, I mean, it's not hard to, you know, pick up on speed or anything because it's like this is a level that, you know, that we – that I know I can play at and – so do the coaches. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, as the years went on, 
you know, I've I've been continuing to prove, improve defensively. And that, that's like what I tell my my guys, like from IMG or just like in high school, I'm like, bro, like, like real life, like you gotta play defense. Like you have, <laughs> like you got to, like. <laughs> so it's like, I would say that that's that that's like the other, like, um, like the biggest change on the court, because it's like every possession, every possession matters. Like teams is too good. Like if you, if you're not playing defense, obviously you can score too, but it's like, it's, it's hard to win when you can't get stops. Yeah. See that, you know, in the Michigan game, you know, it's not, you know, having that same energy defensively, you can't, it's hard to win. It's hard to win when you can't get stops. Mm -hmm. You, you go, you go on a little mini run, but then they come back and score five points, four points. It's like now you right back where you was. You, know, you gotta you, you gotta get stopped. So you know, I would say that's the other. It's interesting you say that, you know, because typically, you know, when freshmen come in, people expect that's gonna be one of the biggest transitions, you know, is defense. Now is it what is it specifically about defense? Is it the commitment to doing it every single possession and not taking a possession off? Is it like a different level of how hard you have to play consistently? Is it just kind of the schemes and more to pay attention to. Like, I'm, I'm curious, kind of digging in, what is it specifically about the defense that is the biggest challenge? I would say you just got to know what's going on. Like, cause yeah. you got a few days to prepare. So, you know, you, you're going over the scout and all that. So it's like, it's not, and you get, and we get so much film. It's like, it's, it's no, obviously like players are going to make plays, but I mean, it's like, other than that, you, you still got to, know what's going on when you're on the floor and execute the scout defensively. So I would say that that's really the thing because, I mean, in high school, I would say, like, like we, we watch film and, like, know what teams is doing, but, I mean, it's, like, more, like, actual sets and stuff being ran to get people open. So. Yeah. So just being prepared for what they're going to do, knowing your assignment, knowing right. the tendencies of the guys that you're guarding, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just like like boxing out, rebounding, like what people call like the little stuff. I, I think that's like the like the most important stuff of the game, like not letting the other team get offensive rebounds, you know, taking charges, blocking out, you know, let, limiting them to one shot. Like that's like the most important stuff. So it's like I I wouldn't call that the little the little things. That's, that's the, that's, that's yeah. the little things that add up to the big stuff, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, it is. Support for the inside scoop is also presented by Homefield Apparel, the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And our friends at Homefield Apparel, they have the widest and most extensive collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere and as i'm sure you've come to know it's not just iu they started with iu stuff and the bison logo that kind of took everybody by storm and they just did a brand refresh so they keep adding to their iu collection but they're also adding other schools like crazy they have i think 120 schools now and so as you're looking to shop for yourself or for the iu fan in your life or even folks who didn't go to indiana home field apparel is the place to go for excellent fitting ridiculously comfortable washable vintage gear that really makes a statement uh, about your fandom and so go to homefieldapparel.com use the promo code home h-o-m-e to get 15 percent off your first order that's homefieldapparel.com promo code h-o-m-e now back to the inside scoop 
you guys obviously have access to to cook hall how does that work exactly are you able like if you want to go get shots up at two o'clock in the morning can you get into cook hall and just go shoot yeah we yeah we all got like our little little cards yeah so do you you know like if if you're struggling with your shot or have a bad practice i know you know the way i always used to be is just i mean not but i was a shooter i I would just want to go shoot just get shots up and work out my frustrations and it was probably one of my favorite things to do is just be in an empty gym shooting a basketball and i could do it forever what does your kind of like routine look like like when you're going to get a workout in what does it look like? And are you typically just like kind of going in by yourself? Do you bring someone in there with you to rebound? Like, how does that typically go? I mean, I, I work out with one of our GAs, Isaac, with two of them, Isaac yeah. and, and Jacob and, and Nick. So, so, so really, like, I've, I've, but mainly I work out with, with Isaac. So it's like, you know, we'll just work on, you know, getting game shots. So game looks obviously working on finishes, tightening up the handle because it's like, Everything on the floor, like you can't, like it's never good enough. Like you can, you can always fine tune, keep getting better, keep getting better. So, I mean, yeah. it's not, it's never about like a, I mean, obviously, like, you know, if you are struggling with something, you'll work on it. But other than that, I mean, it's just, you know, things that you'll do in the game that I do in mm-hmm. the game. Do you have a set pregame routine that you follow? I do. For home, for home games, I do, yeah. So I, I'll, so obviously I'll shoot around, then we'll have the, the meal, and then I'll go to, I go to chapel, and then I'll go back to the locker room. I chill in there, and I always work out before every game. So and I'll be like the first one out, the only people out there be like the security, the the red jackets. Mm-hmm. So you like work out like lift before games? Nah, like on the court. Oh, okay. Just like okay, yeah, we work out on the court. Okay. Yeah, work out on the court before the games, and like if if it's like mad time, I I might go home, but usually I stay there. I, I like get some treatment before the game. I read, and then I go work out. I come back, get in the shower, when we fresh for the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get dressed I, I read some more get taped you know get my shoes on walk down go to the locker room and then so by that time I got like 10 minutes until like our actual warm-up with coach Cliff starts so I read for like five more minutes well I book up and then right there start shooting around and we got our same pre-game pre-game routine and then on the road it's it's pretty much it's pretty much the same thing. When I shoot around, come back, but no, it's not the same thing. When I shoot around, we'll come back, have a snack, then I'm able to go take a little nap. Mm-hmm. Then we come back for the the actual pregame meal, I go to chapel, then I go back up to my room and read. Because then we we got way more time before we about to leave. But then I'll go get to. We always get taped in the hotel, mm-hmm. and we'll get to the game. Now, what are you reading typically? Do you read a, a like a, a different book, reading from the same book all the time? I've been reading the same book as of lately. Um, it's The Garden by John Gordon. And I have okay. Kobe's book. Got to have this. Very nice. Mamba mentality. Cool. Man. 
It is, but but I'm a. I'm pretty sure my dad was reading that book last time I went home. He's a big John Gordon fan. Yeah, I'm about to get some more. And then some more books from John Gordon. And then other than that, Coach Cliff gave us like this the athlete's Bible. Yeah. So I got that. And I read a little bit of that. And then other than that, I'm not reading. I probably just like be watching something of the other team. Like mm-hmm. what is it about John Gordon that you connect with? I mean, I would just say, you know, his perspective and the way he talks about you know you know getting through adversity and and this book has like it's it's about says it's a spiritual fable about ways to overcome fear anxiety and stress so just the, the topics that he talks about and just like he had another book like about you know bringing the same energy being the same you every day that i'm about to get so it's like just things that i feel like can you know help me my life and the people around me, you know, I, I typically try to give books um, like that. But I, I got this one, uh, John Gordon, like my my AAU coach, he sent me that book. Really? Yeah. So like he he told me about him, and it was like he'll send me some more. So and then my my dad's about to send me a few. So is he? Yeah, it's good. Sounds like the perfect the perfect kind of topics to be reading about before you're getting ready to play. Yeah, that's cool. What um, well, not you know, as we wrap up here, you know, you've now been on the road a few times and been on the road in the Big Ten. You know, went to Iowa, went to Penn State, went to Nebraska. So you've kind of started to see you know the challenge of winning on the road in the Big Ten. What makes it so much different? You know, I feel like you know, obviously your routine is different than when you're at home. But what is it about being on the road in the Big Ten? That is such a challenge. I would say the main difference is just like you, you, you got to be sharper on the road. Like you can't turn the ball over. Got to rebound. Got to get shots. And you like you, you have to like you got to be locked in the whole forty minutes. Because when you at home, like you, you know, like you, you, you kind of like the other team. You always, you know, no matter what you do, you always gonna have the crowd behind you. You know, was giving you some kind of energy. But it's like on the road, you got to bring your own energy and just. You know, have a killer mentality. And, you know, something that we started to talk about, like, amongst each other, we was like, yo, we got to have, like, more energy on the bench. Like, because it's, ch- it's we, ain't no, nobody else cheering for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we got to, you know, we, we, we got to do something. So, you know, when we start going out on the road, that was when we started talking about that, like, amongst the players. That's a good realization to have. Have you have you noticed a difference now, you know, in kind of your focus and bringing energy when you're on the yeah. road since you had that conversation? I mean, yeah, the, the focus has always, you know, been the same, but it's just like, you know, when you lose, you, you know, it's a lesson in, in all of them. You know, when games are coming down to two or three possessions, you know, that that's when you like, you know, we're, we're playing good enough to win on the road. We just got to, we got to finish. We got to. We got to play the full 40 minutes. So, yeah. Hmm. Are you a Chiefs fan? Big time Chiefs fan. Are you? I figured. I figured. What would you think of that game? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, bro. It's it's like, I'm I'm glad we have the Chiefs. Like, because not having an NBA team, it's like, all we we got is baseball, football. So, it's like, hey, like. 
I need somebody to be winning. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and it's and it's so much sweeter. It's so much sweeter. Because in the beginning of the season, we was one and four. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs is done. They didn't figure Patrick Mahomes out. Ten-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Just like that. So it's like, you know, you just, you know, them, you know, really just embodying, you know, the, the city and just like, because, you know, people don't really, you know, care for Kansas City. You know, we we in the heart of America. You know, we you know, we going to go hard. Like, we're we going to grind. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like we we always gonna believe you know we can you know go further and you know do more than just you know staying home. So you know me me being one of those guys is big time for my city because obviously you know most cities had a fair share of people who didn't make it. Yeah. So, you know just being able to you know get out of the city and um, and again like you know having the Chiefs big time. You know well I gotta see the only thing. About the Super Bowl, it's like, first of all, we got to beat the Bengals. Like, it's a good team. But just like the Bills, they beat us earlier this season. We had to get our revenge. Like, come on, we ain't forget. Mm-hmm. So, the Bengals is in that same situation now. But y'all, now y'all in my crib. Mm-hmm. Now we at the crib. So, it should be a good one. But I don't like how they got the Super Bowl in L.A. Because if the Rams win and then the Chiefs win, I'm like, yo. It's a repeat of last year. Mm-hmm. I was in Florida, and I was that I was I was in Florida because I was at IMG. So I'm watching the game at a hotel with my mm-hmm. auntie, and I'm with everybody else in Florida. I'm at a Tampa like watch party. Like we the only ones in there cheering for the Chiefs. So it's like I'm not gonna be in LA, but still though, it's like I don't know why they do that. Like when you see all the teams in the bracket, like you should. Like all the teams that make the playoffs, all right, we gotta make the playoffs in another city. Like it can't be none of them. Mm. I was trying to say the Rams not gonna make it anyway. No, now look at you. If they win, we got to get it done. We've been in that position before. On the bright side, though, I mean, Super Bowl crowds are so weird. Have you ever been to a Super Bowl before? I haven't. So I went. So my dad was a scout for the 49ers back when they went to the Super Bowl and played in New Orleans against Baltimore. The one where like the power went out for 45 minutes, which was Mm -hmm. the weirdest experience ever actually being in the stadium. But it's like, you know, each fan base gets like their allotment of tickets. But I mean, the rest of the tickets are all people who have a lot of money and don't necessarily have like, you know, a specific allegiance. You know, so it's not it's not necessarily going to be like a pro Rams crowd or anything if the Chiefs go there. Plus, the Chiefs have so many fans all over the place. You know, yeah. they'll travel as well as anybody. So it shouldn't be too we'll much of an advantage for L.A. or San Francisco. Yeah. All right. So last question on that, though, because that game was amazing. The Bills Chiefs game. And I know you were happy with the result. And I know when the overtime coin toss came up and it came to the Chiefs. You were happy and everybody knew they were going to score because neither defense could stop them. But put yourself in the shoes of Josh Allen and imagine being over there and not getting a chance to get the ball in overtime. Yeah. How would that make you feel? Do you think that's tough? Like, yeah, I was talking about it today. I'm like, because like people, are, of course, are saying like the rule got to change. And I was like, if the Chiefs would have lost and tossed, then you would have been saying the rule would be changing. Honestly, I I probably wouldn't have said that. I probably would have thought it, but it wouldn't have been my main focus. But still, though, like, mm-hmm. I feel for him because it's like he said in an interview, he was like, if we would have won a coin toss, we'd be the one celebrating. 
So it's like, it's it's tough. So I, I definitely, I think the rule should be changed because it's like, you don't get to stop. Or if they score, it's it. Like, so I, I don't get that. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like they're trying to shorten the game, limit the potential for injuries. Yeah. You got to give both, like both QBs one get, chance. I feel like they should give both teams a chance. And it's like, if they score and then they get a stop, then they win. Yeah. Like y'all both get one chance to score. Yeah. But then, so then it's like, but then if they do score, now they got to get a stop. Because if they score again, now y'all both have one chance. Yeah. And then that's fine. Then it's whoever, then it's whoever scores next, but at least give both QBs the ball. Yeah. Got to do it. Because both like, like that game, like you see the stats, like the quarterbacks, like not just, both teams, like that was a crazy game. Like they, like I, I got mad respect for the Bills. Like and I, like I was saying it before the game. I'm like, yeah, we got a tough matchup. So it's like, you know, if we if we don't come out on top, it's not like I'll be, I won't be too upset because it's like we lost to a really good team. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, cheering for Pat Mahomes. That's a. Uh... It's a good team to cheer for. <laughs> You've always got a chance. Always yeah, got, got a chance. Blessed. We got blessed because that is for sure. Because like the past, like like ten years before he even got there, like when I was little, it, like we we always had good players, but it was a quarterback we never depend on for real. Like it was like he was because we we had we had Matt Castle, we had Alex Smith. Alex Smith was better. Mm-hmm. It was like we didn't know we didn't know what we was gonna get from him. Pat Mahomes, he out there throwing side on him, out, no looks. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's good. He, he running the ball. He brushed it. So it's like, we got one, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, there's a big difference between just a good, serviceable quarterback and a superstar quarterback. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, That's what he is. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is what he is. Well, hey man, thanks for taking the time. Um, obviously, the you know the game against Michigan didn't go as you guys wanted to, but big opportunity Wednesday against Penn State, uh, and then you're on the road at Maryland. So, wish you luck in those games, and obviously, we'll be uh, be cheering for you when you get your opportunities to get out there to go make plays and show what you can do. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Cool. Thanks, Jamar. We'll talk again soon. All right. And that will do it for this edition of the Inside Scoop with Tamar Bates. Thank you for being here and for listening and for sharing. If you're enjoying these episodes, make sure that you share it with another IU fan who you think might enjoy it. Uh, Thanks to Tamar for coming and always being so well-prepared and candid with his answers, really giving us a lot of insight as we go through this season. Thank you to our sponsors, Speakeasy Sales Copy, the presenting sponsor for the Inside Scoop with Tamar Bates. Make sure that you go to speakeasysalescopy.com to see how Clay can help you drive more results to your business and our friends at Homefield Apparel, the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. You can go to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your entire order. And thank you to Bob Thompson for creating the theme song for the Inside Scoop. Appreciate you being here and listening. Share it far and wide if you're enjoying it, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Inside Scoop.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.